Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Oh, what's up, wrestling fanatics, fans, fanboys, and you know our mama's boys from Michigan and Pennsylvania. We are back. <laughs> this is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, coming at you with episode number 53, Cinquenta y Tres, featuring, as always, the man sitting across from me, number one fan man all around, ladies man, yeah. Ben Watson. What up, what up, what up? And, of course, myself, Brandon Olinger, a.k.a. Brando. What's up, Benny boy? Oh, happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I would not want to spend Valentine's Day with anybody else besides you. <laughs> I'm going to say that because my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to the podcast. Well, I would not want to spend Valentine's Day with any other man other than you. There you go. Though I already had a little Valentine's dinner with my wife. Oh, 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 oh. you ain't getting laid tonight with me. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I, I no, hope not. Valentine's Day. We cracked a bottle of wine. We got some beers flowing. Man, it's been a minute since we caught up, huh? Yeah, we are actually uh, dropping this pot a little late this time um, due to some traveling that we both did this weekend going in opposite directions. So we're coming at you a few days late. We apologize for that. But since we love you so much, we're giving you some of that Valentine's Day love. Right, man. I didn't want to skip this week. Are you, you know? pleasure in the ear holes tonight? Uh, I'm tickling them. Tickling them. I'm diddling them. Diddling them. I, I, I'm doing something. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I'm not doing anything. My wife is the teaching yoga, then cleaning the yoga studio. She'll be home at like 1030. G- good luck to me doing anything that Yo, involves bro. anything bro. involving bro. anything. My wife tells me she's going to be home late because she's cleaning a yoga studio air quotes there oh she dog oh, i trust her i'm cooking her a nice dinner tomorrow night i'm gonna get her some flowers Ooh, and you know we got the marital bed son Ooh, we got the marital bed i got my wife some flowers oh yeah she, she liked them how'd it work out for you well i'm over here dropping a pod right now <laughs> <laughs> so anyways if people are listening it's uh valentine's day it's uh, eight o'clock in the evening and uh Brandon and I are sitting at the podcast attic, which is where we do the podcast when we're at my house, uh, drinking a lonely. Absolutely. Only with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and uh, get down to some business. Oh, by the way, for all of our Penn State fans that gave us so much feedback last week, I just want to let you know, probably a chance we're not going to be talking about your boys as much today. I'm sure we got a comment or two to throw out there. So um, stick around. Yeah. Don't jump off just yet. That's right. All right. So anyway, as I said, this is the Inside Trip. You know you can catch us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. You can communicate with us via email to the Inside Trip One at gmail dot com. You can even catch our Facebook page that Ben likes to run. It's the Inside Trip. And I mean, I try. Yeah, you do. You, you're doing all right, bro. And as for the podcast itself, it's at all your typical locations, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. You also, also, you forgot to mention this is episode fifty-three. No, I said that. I even said it in Spanish. Oh yeah, cincuento tres. Cincuenta. Cincuenta tres. Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. God, you failed. Um, also, don't forget. This is important. Important. Get a pen and paper out. Write this down. 
For all you wrestling fanatics that want to follow along at the national tournament, you can order Jason Bryant's 2018 NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships Preview Guide. It's amazing. Ben's ordered it every year. We love looking at it. It has all the stuff you'd want to follow along to the tournament, stats, history, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, you can find it at matttalkonline.com backslash fanguide18. You can even just go to matttalkonline.com. I'm sure there's a link there for it. Anyway, retail, $19.99, but you use this promo code, InsideTrip, one word. You save $5, and you give us a little kickback, as I said the last time, to help support the podcast or maybe just some beer money for the national tournament. But no, Brandon, what if they ask, do I really need to type in inside trip one word? Uh, can you just type in inside trip with no spaces? There you go. Is that better? Yeah. All yeah. Right. That's a long that's a long inside trip with no space. All right, I gotta remember that. I gotta remember to type that. Um also, we still have a few t shirts left. Thanks again for everyone who's ordered them. We just sold a couple, didn't we? We did. Um actually we, we did sell a couple and one one guy was so nice to even give us a little extra beer money. Thank you very much. Yeah. Who was that, Ben? I don't know. You said we we're, we're gonna, gonna have to pause it, it and check it out. Pull it up, bro. Brian, you're gonna have to pause. Sheller, you're gonna have to pause. it. Come on, man. I know what I'm talking about. It's our boy Brian Sheller out in California, sunny California, you hey, bastard. Another sunny day in California. Hey, thanks, Brian. Repping that shirt on Venice Beach. I hope. <laughs> oh, he's on Muscle Beach or what? What is that like the thing where you get all jacked up? I bet he cut words. Oh, <laughs> we're going way off. They have Muscle Beach. Yeah. Where they lift outside. I bet that dude, Brian Scheller, straight up made a tank top out of this shirt, and he's just getting jacked. You should do that. No, man. I got my I have my man boobs hanging out the side. Oh, speaking of that shirt, boy, I saw you repping that on TV the other night, ESPN3 at the Michigan-Ohio hey, State It was ESPN2, my friend. Was it? Yeah, it was. Well, actually, it was on ESPN News at first. I was on ESPN. You were. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And speaking of that, man. Way to class to join up up there in Michigan. They need that. God, man. I swear. So I traveled up to Michigan this weekend to hang out with the boys from Blood Round, Tommy Baranowski, Kevin Clonch. Everybody knows that we had the bet, you know, if Michigan lost, if Ohio State won, Tommy and Kevin have to wear or Ohio State singlets to a round. They're only They're only going to do one round. All right. We'll deal with that. One round of the Big Ten tournament. They're going to be in Ohio State's singlets, sitting in the Michigan section. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm pumped. It's going to be awesome. And you know what? Based on what I saw on TV, the Michigan boys like wearing singlets to tournament to duels anyway. Gosh, what was going on? Yeah, so I was sitting right in front of um, you know, uh, right in front of all of those guys that were in those Michigan singlets in the fan section. That's awesome. I think it's phenomenal. I, I you know what? Ohio State needs to do that. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to start throwing on an Ohio State singlet and sitting there. I'm sorry, but I'm getting flashbacks to that time I, I came over to your house and you answered the door and your singlet from like the sixth grade and you could only get one <laughs> strap up and you got the strap up around your lat fat, not yeah, even the shoulder. It was, it was something. <laughs> it was a sixth grade singlet, man. But no, so um, so Tommy and Kevin, they got to wear the Ohio State singlets to Big Tens because our Buckeyes took care of business in Michigan. But let me tell you something about Michigan. Everybody raves about Michigan. I don't know what the hell Tim Allen is talking about. Michigan is Ohio with more snow. That's all it is. I swear, as soon as I crossed the border, there was like 15 more inches of snow, and it just looked exactly like Ohio. I don't know if you've ever been there. <laughs> a couple of times. And everybody raves about how awesome it is. Well, you got to get to certain parts of Michigan. Like, 
up in like Traverse City, you know, the sand dunes up there. I hear Grand Rapids is pretty cool. Grand Ra- yeah, you know, I mean, we're if you get see, way when we go up- to Big Tens, we're going to be staying at Grand right. Rapids. So, but I mean, I drove through Lansing, and I, let me tell you something. It ain't, no, I, Lansing's awful. I feel like the Big Ten tournament in Dayton, Ohio would be better. Lansing and Detroit is like Toledo and Dayton. In Ohio, yeah, I mean, you, it's you, awful. You might be right. It's so awful. you know, it was cool. I got to end up, you know, making the trip. Got to see our Buckeyes win live. You know, we'll talk about that match a little bit later. Um, you know, a lot to digest there. But it was just cool to hang out with those guys in general. It's kind of neat to be able to talk wrestling. You know, we have our core people that we talk wrestling with, right? And, and and they're involved in that. They're involved in our fantasy league. We text and chat with them. But it was cool to sit down with Tommy at the bar. And we had the uh, Penn State-Iowa duel on a big screen. We had them change it to that. And to talk wrestling with somebody that you don't normally talk wrestling with because they see things that you normally don't see and they have different conversations that you normally don't have with. Like, so when you and I, have, when you and I watch wrestling, a lot of our conversations are you know, very similar. We see a lot of diff- you know, different things, but we, we're kind of predictable when we both watch wrestling together. We, we know what each other are, are looking for. To, to watch, actually, especially Tommy, who's a referee, to watch, uh, to sit there and talk wrestling with him. It was cool. It was cool. We had a, I had a great time up in Michigan. Um, it was quick-lived. I drove up there Saturday, um, hung out there, watched the duel on Sunday, stayed Sunday night, and then drove to freaking work from Ann Arbor, a three-hour trip Monday morning. So, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit of a trip, but it was a really good time. But you, my friend, had an awesome weekend. I did. I had a... I had a phenomenal weekend. And real quick, before we get into that real quick, as we were alluding to before we went off on that, I don't want to call it a tangent because we were going to talk about that anyway. And uh, for anyone who's listening to this episode, just to let you know, we are freestyling this tonight. Um, But as I said, we do still have some of those T-shirts left. (laughs) Is that where we left off? Yeah. Um, And if you are interested, um, you can hit us up through an email or through a direct message on Twitter. Let us know that you're interested. But all we really have, in fact, all we have are gray larges. So for all of our little listeners, all of our little listeners, uh, my apologies. And for all of our really big listeners, our apologies. Svelte listeners. Oh, we need buff. Buff listeners. For any of our buff listeners who's left. Buff listeners. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So, yeah, you're right, Ben. Um, So, tell you, this weekend was, it was a memorable one for me. Well, tell everybody where you were at. Um, I had the pleasure, the good fortune, of traveling to Oklahoma City for the 15th Women's College Wrestling Association National Championships. Have they done 15? This was the 15th. That's The first awesome. one was in 2004. Yeah, I knew it was over 10, but 15. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, man. You know, I went down there. I really, I really tried to level set my expectations. I really tried not to have any expectations when I went down there. And I was absolutely just... What do you mean by that, No, having no expectations? Well... You didn't mean about the wrestling. No, not about the wrestling, but more the the atmosphere, the environment, um, things like that. I mean, let's face it. When you go to... When you're used to going to Division One men's Ohio State dual meets or, you know, the, the D1 National Championships, there's lights, there's glamour, there's cameras, there's all sorts of media outlets there's there. fire, literally. There's literally fireworks, you know. I had to go in there uh, with an understanding that, you know, these girls, the, these women that, that are competing um, in college, 
right now they don't have that fortune of having that type of coverage. So I, I really had to just kind of level set myself before I went down there and, and really just not have any expectations. And you know what? It was phenomenal. It was such an amazing time. There was literally four people from the media there. It was myself. It was Alex Steen, the editor of The Open Mat, um, Nomad from Flow, and Taylor Miller. Dan from, Lobdell. Yeah, Dan Lobdell, <laughs> Nomad, um, and Taylor Miller from USA Wrestling. And it was such an amazing time. I mean, it's nothing like you would see at a men's D1 type tournament. Um, you had so much accessibility to the wrestlers, to the coaches. Um, the things that were going on around the mats. I mean, you wouldn't typically see that at a at a major college wrestling tournament, and that's not anything negative about what was going on there because it just no, made it I that much more enjoyable. Right. Well, and I also think that that's, it's, it's showing growth, right? I mean, you probably had the ability to literally walk up to the mat. Like I you, did. You could have stood on the mat and, like, not in the middle of it, but on a part of the mat and just watched the match. Absolutely. Honestly, Ben, multiple times when – uh, a coach threw a challenge brick out on the mat. Um, I actually was out. I went out to the table to, and I'm like listening in on the conversation that the referees are having as they're watching the video. That's awesome. It was amazing. I got to hear that too. Not 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 interrupting, but that, that that was one thing I always wanted to hear. And I was sitting next to him. And I got to watch the referee do a review for the Michigan one, and we'll talk about that. It was cool to finally hear what they have to say. But anyways, man, I couldn't be more proud of you for going out there and covering. Um, the women's wrestling uh, for the WCWAs. Seriously, man, like this is something that you've got a passion for. And, you know, I think we've shown it through our podcast with our Woman of the Mat series, which I'm sure we'll drop one here soon. I know we haven't dropped one in a little while. You know, you know, things get in the way. And this is obviously, we're, you know, we're D1 wrestling college men's fans, right? You know, first, before anything else, not, I wouldn't say before anything else, but that's what kind of drew us to all of this. Sure. But you've got that passion. And to go out there and to, Cover this for the inside trip. I know for the open mat too, but to have the inside trip cover the WCWA championships as well and to be able to get that kind of access to people that don't normally maybe watch the WCWAs, that's awesome. And you actually got to do the call in the finals <laughs> with yeah, Flo. I did, I did. On that, man. And I watched, I watched some of the matches and, man – you know, I know you won't brag about this, but I'm going to brag about this because I'm allowed to. I'm so proud of you for like what you've done, man. Like you, you did an awesome job, and seriously, man, it's just it's really cool. And I, you know, I'm I'm bragging about you because you're my buddy, and you, dude. Well, you, I appreciate you did an awesome it. job. You're doing an awesome service for women's wrestling. I mean, I appreciate it, man. And I think we're probably going to have to pause it and hug it out here in a second for Valentine's, but. uh you know, <laughs> you're right. Part of what you say is right that I've really developed a strong liking and passion for following women's wrestling. And I couldn't tell you why. But what I can tell you is this, is that there are very few tournaments that in 10, 15, 20 years from now I'm going to really remember. You know, I think this will be like our seventh or eighth straight D1 championships that we're going to go to. We've been to countless number of Ohio State matches. Um, you know, the Ironman stuff. I mean, we, we we try to catch as much as we can live and in person. And 
I think I tweeted something out that said there's, you know, right now there are three tournaments that I will never forget. Right. One, obviously, the 2015 NCAA Division One Championships when Ohio State won the national title. Two, when I made it out to the World Team Trials this past year, it was a phenomenal tournament. And honestly, the third one, and this will be one that I'll never forget, is the WCWA National Championships this year because it was just so such an amazing experience from again just the the entire atmosphere that it was and I'll tell you what look I'm not going to lie to you okay the wrestling in the early rounds you can tell you can definitely tell who the better wrestler is right okay there's there's still a gap there's still a right. gap there's still a gap there's definitely still a gap to be come from but as you get into the later rounds especially into the finals semifinals and finals these girls can 100% absolutely scrap. Are you kidding me? They they definitely can scrap. They are very good. If you go into watching women's wrestling thinking that it, you know, it has to be like just like men's wrestling, then 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 that's ignorant on your part because you know what wrestling is wrestling and you have to take it for what it is. And to watch those women in the final scrap, I mean, I was just as entertained as watching any other oh. Division One men's college match. Let me tell you this, man. If somebody told you that you're going to go to a national, cha- a college national championships, and you're going to have a team race that is so tight that goes back and forth the entire tournament, that will come down to the very last match of the night when you've got a wrestler who's going for their fourth national title against another wrestler who took third place as a freshman is now in the finals. As a sophomore, the up and comer, the up and comer, whose head coach was stating, "We're gonna beat this girl," and that it, to win to win the team title, it all came down to that match. What would you say? You'd be, like, I'd want to be there. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in to watch, and I did watch, and that's exactly what went on this tournament. It was the team race was amazing. I mean, you've got yeah. To f- describe it a little bit, like describe okay. what you're talking about with the, with who who you're talking about too. So going into this, okay, for, let's just let, let's. A little background here right now. King University in Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee, has been kind of the the dominant force in the WCWA. They are winners of the last four consecutive WCWA national championships. Um, they, you know, they put out a lot of great talent. You know, a lot of talent that's come through that program is now wrestling on the senior level. Um, Allie Reagan, Haley Aguello, Julia Salada. Um, I think Sarah Hildebrandt's another one. Um, I'm, there's definitely more. Oh, you know the 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 Doy twins. Um, I mean, those are some heavy hitters on the women's uh, circuit. Absolutely. But this year, going into the tournament, this was kind of a rebuilding year for them. So the top three teams going into the tournament this year was Simon Fraser, who is a traditional powerhouse out of Canada. Um, that's actually where. I think um, Helen Marulis wrestled there, right? Helen Marulis finished up her last two years there, and then Victoria Anthony, um, another four-time WCWA national champ, she was also a wrestler Helen there. Helen was at Mo Baptist before that, right? Correct. I believe it was Mo, Mo Baptist. Yeah, see, I'm flexing my women's like muscle it. here. I like it. Um, and then, so you had them. You had Campbellsville out of Kentucky, who, by all accounts, this, I believe, is maybe their fifth year. I think this is their fifth year in existence. If that's wrong, I apologize. And they have done a remarkable job of bringing in some of the best wrestlers that you could possibly bring into that wrestling room, building such a strong team. And I'm talking, you know, they've got multiple All-Americans in that lineup, but they had Kayla Miracle going for her fourth national title this year. They brought in 
a freshman, um, and I'm using air quotes here, Grace Boland, who when they recruited her and brought her in, I think she was actually ranked fourth in the world. All right, so I got to stop you. Okay. Give me the Grace Bullen story, man. You want the scoop on this? The, yeah, because she wasn't and now we're just, now we're just we're not talking to anybody else, but I I'm sitting here and I want to know this. Why was she not seated? Because to me, I would be pissed if I was any other coach. I would be absolutely furious if I was the 3 seed and I had Brandon the Grace Bullen in the first round or the second round. Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> The fourth seed got screwed, but the one seeds got screwed the most. And I, and I mean, you got to drop. You this. So yeah, I want to hear the ultimately. Story, this you is what drop some dimes and This was here. all within the rules. Whatever their bylaws are, based on what I was told this weekend, it was all within the rules. They were doing the seeding, and Campbellsville had two outstanding wrestlers in that weight class. Okay, uh, 130 pounds. Um, they had a three-time All-American who became a four-time All-American, Shelby Hall, and then they had Grace Bullen the freshman who is world ranked and has done remarkable things um, internationally. She was a cadet national cadet world champion. I think she was a junior world bronze. She won multiple European, um, not nationals, but whatever it would be called. Where's she um, from again? Um, she Norway. I, I don't know where she was originally from, but she, she is from Norway. She defected, I guess, or um, ended up in Norway. And then now she came out here to Campbellsville so she could get an education, um, and start training in the United States a little bit. So, the head coach from Campbellsville, the smart guy that he is, Lee Miracle, understands the rules, and he did not want both Grace Bullen and Shelby Hall on the same side of the bracket. So, Megan Black from McKendry was the one seed. Now, Megan Black was a two-time returning national finalist. She was looking for that elusive national title that she never got. I think she took seventh as a freshman, then was a runner-up sophomore and junior year. Shelby Hall got the second seed. He did not want Grace Bullen on the same side as Shelby Hall, so within the rules, he pulled her off of the board for seeding. Now, as you can so, imagine... I mean, that could still be a random draw, though. They could have ended up hitting in the first round. Absolutely, absolutely. But as you can imagine, wow. coaches were not happy about that. They were not happy about that at all. You, I mean, isn't that a little... I know it's within the rules, but isn't that a little shady? Uh, I mean, it, it's a guy... It's a guy using the rules as they stand right. to his advantage. Why couldn't she be okay. the four seed? Um, oh, because she would have been... Either way it goes, that, that the four seed would have been fine. But she would have been voted in as a three seed. Uh, okay. Okay. So, ultimately, she got random drawled in. She drew into the fourth seed's quarter, um, which was the King University wrestler. Um, I think it was Pettix. Um, she, Grace Bullen is amazing. I mean, her wrestling is. I'm going to call her Grace Bully. Phenom- dude, that's she what just she is. lifts people up. Did you see? Down. Did you see? She, that? she went straight back on one. She got a double leg and just went straight back. Did on you see it. her lift the lift the chick up and like yeah. basically do like a suplex more or less? Yeah. She went yeah. straight back on it. Yeah, I mean she she is so good, so powerful, so quick. I mean, she dominated her way through that tournament. Who I felt the who I felt the most bad for was the one seed Megan Black. Right. I mean, Megan Black and her hit in the semifinals, and and, and Megan had nothing for her. Well, so I mean, so you know, the reason why I wouldn't feel bad about that then is because if they would have hit in the finals, she wouldn't have won either way. Did Grace end up winning it? Oh yeah. So she beat. Did she beat the camp or the other person? She from... beat the Simon Fraser wrestler who was a two-time. So I the two the two, two seed got upset. Yeah, Shelby Hall did get upset. Got upset. So the three seed, and I'm going off uh, memory here, but I that's believe okay. I mean, the uh, the three seed that ended up in the finals against uh, Bullen was actually it was Nicole Deppa from Simon Fraser, and I believe. 
I believe Depa was also a two-time returning national finalist, I believe. Um, but Grace Bullen, she's amazing. But Okay, so um, you got to cover this amazing event. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, Kayla Miracle winning her fourth title. I mean, that's... Kayla like, Miracle is probably one of the most remarkable young athletes I've ever had the pleasure of meet, we had, meeting. Uh, we actually had her on the podcast, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in listening to her interview, you guys can go back and check that out, too. Um, she is... I mean, she carries like a 3.9 GPA. She's a math major. She's, she's a cheerleader. She's a two-sport two, you know, two athlete. She does competition cheer as well. Um, and it's so funny. She was going for her fourth title, and... The the team title, the team race, came down to her last match. She wins, Campbellsville wins. She loses, Campbellsville does not win. Not Simon only Fraser did, wins. Not only does Campbellville not win, but she becomes the first person, I'm assuming, that's going for her fourth title that doesn't end up getting it. That's a great question. I would assume that would be the case. That's yes. speculation. Yeah, I believe that's the case. I believe that is that is true. Um. And she was actually, she came up and she told us she, she was nervous. She was nervous before that match. And I think actually, you tell a little bit. She gave up the first takedown. She, you're right. She gave up the first takedown, and it was that so funny. That she wrestled was, she definitely, I, I think that she stepped on the line believing she could win. Oh, Desiree Zavala. Awesome. Desiree Zavala is legit. She she can scrap. and um, She's going to win it next she year. She went out there, and she battled. She took third as a freshman last year, obviously was the runner-up this year. But when Miracle gave up that first takedown, you could look. You she looked in her corner to her coaches, and you know I looked over there too, and they're just smiling like, really? Yeah, come you, on now. You really you want to make it like? Well, this? then she gets that single leg, takes her down. Then I think she hits she hits something else, gets into a Turk. Yeah, and, and then she takes her over for two, and then uh, takes the leg out from that Turk and switches to the half, and boom. Yeah. Kayla nice Miracle leg. has some of the best oppo. She's got one of the best oppo singles. I've ever seen like opposite, opposite little misdirection side, yeah, stuff. Little misdirection yeah. stuff. I mean, it's so good. And uh, look, it was a phenomenal tournament. Um, everything that you could want to happen in a tournament went on. I mean, look, even a girl who had never all American before was a senior. She she earns all American status. She goes out there. She wins her all American match. I think she places fifth as she's hugging her coaches on the mat. You know, her boyfriend comes sneaking out behind, gets That's on a knee, crazy. proposes to her. Um, Did she say yes? Yeah, I guess she said yes. I mean, he was happy. She was happy. <laughs> Good because that'd be embarrassing <laughs> if she right. didn't, man. You know, one of the most outstanding things though was was between the Doy twins. Now, King University at one hundred one pounds. About that. They've got two twins. I think they're identical. It's Marina Doy and Regina Doy. And uh, Marina's been kind of like the cat's meow at 101 pounds since she was a freshman. Um, she was a four-time national finalist. Uh, she lost in the finals as a freshman to Emily Webster from uh, Oklahoma City, who was also a four-time national champion. Um, then she proceeded to win the title her sophomore and junior years. Well, it just so happened that her and her sister met up in the finals again this year. Both as seniors. They met. They wrestled in the finals last year. They wrestled in the finals last year. Marina won. And um, they met in the finals this year. And Marina forfeited to her sister, Regina. And, and they're both seniors. And they're both seniors. And she said that, I'm paraphrasing here, but my sister, I guess they've got this wall outside of the wrestling room at Tennessee where all the national champions get their pictures hung. And she said, my sister winning her first national championship and getting on that wall is worth way more 
to me than me winning three national titles. And then they, That's they forfeited the match to her. They both untied their shoes. They put them on the center of the mat. They're going off to med school. It's an amazing story. That's awesome. That is that's a phenomenal story. I mean, I I think that you can only look. I, you know, I, I I get that some people might say, look, they needed to scrap it out and the best and may the best woman win. But the bottom line is, she made a decision that she's allowed to make, and she did that out of love for her sister. And you know, because the bottom, you know, other than, other than the fact that her sister is was in her weight class, she probably would have won an NCAA title. And who knows if she would have won it this year or not. And um. It might be it might be a decision that other people maybe don't disagree, don't agree with, and you know I struggle with it for a second, but I, I agree with it. You know I liked it, I liked it a lot. I yeah, mean to I me, agree. it just shows that there's some things just a little more important than a single wrestling match. And, like your siblings, and I like that. Um, so anyway, phenomenal tournament. I had a great time. I'm gonna definitely try to make this you know be one of my yearly travel events. Um, I want to thank you know Alex Steen from the Open Mat, the editor out there. Um, for being a good good host for me, um, and also Taylor Miller and from USA Wrestling Nomad from Flow for uh, you know just being uh, having a great time this weekend. Really, really well, getting really to talk do. some wrestling. They, they do a great job of covering this this sport for women. I mean, the, the women need more, you know more coverage. You know, in an ideal world, the women would get just as much coverage as men. We know we don't live in an ideal world, but what I am seeing, especially because Gannon just added, you know, it's a school out in Erie, Pennsylvania, just added a wrestling team yeah. as well. Ohio's at Ohio's going to add a couple here soon. Um, the women's wrestling is just growing, and, and I've said this before: the way to save men's wrestling in college is to add women's wrestling. It, it, it helps with Title IX. It helps with a number of different things. It relieves some of the funding of adding another type of women's sport. So, if you, as a men's wrestling fan, aren't behind women's wrestling right now, you need to get behind them and you need to fully push it because it's going to make everything better. And not just that, but watch their matches because they're super entertaining. You know, I don't disagree with anything that you just said there, but one other thing that I will say that I, on the plane ride home this weekend, I was just kind of, you know, reflecting on, on the events of the weekend. And one thing just came to my head, like the final thought was that, we know that wrestling is a phenomenal sport. We love wrestling. But it just goes to show that wrestling is a phenomenal sport, not just for men, but for women too. I mean, the joy that I saw out there, the, the camaraderie, the, the level of wrestling, all that kind of stuff. People, man, if you ever get the chance, check out the national championships for women's college wrestling. It was really a good time. It's on flow. So you can go back and watch it right now if you want. Absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and transition out of this, Ben. Um, I assume we want to talk a little Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, you know, baby. Our Buckeyes were back in action this weekend up in Ann Arbor, taking on the Michigan Wolverines. It was a battle between number two Ohio State versus, I think it was five or six, depending on which rankings you're looking at, Michigan. And I tell you what, when you looked at this on paper, we knew it was going to be a good duel. But... Where Michigan was strong, based on rankings, Ohio State was just a little bit stronger. I was thinking that this could potentially be a blowout. I didn't expect it to be a blowout, but I thought, you know, if the Buckeyes put it all together, you know, they could have blown them out. And it was anything but. It came down literally to the last match, you know, from a determinations factor of um, whether or not Adam Kuhn could, you know, pin Kyle Snyder to put it into criteria. Um, which you know, so it was basically down to the last match, and the crowd was raucous. They had about nine thousand people, um, 
it was it was awesome. It was an awesome atmosphere. It reminded me similar to the Buckeyes matches when when they have them in St. John's. You know, I know Buckeyes get you know when they have them in St. John's, they got about fifteen thousand for some of their bigger ones. But it was really. It was, or maybe 13,000 or so. I can't quite remember. You mean Schottenstein. Schottenstein. Yeah, not, not St. John's. John's yeah. Sorry, sorry, Schottenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really raucous. It was really fun. I got to sit there and watch it with two huge Michigan homers, which was pretty cool. And you know what? The Buckeyes got to win. So if you want, let's let's break it down a little bit. We don't got to talk about every match, but I think there's some, some important – There's obviously there's some important things that, that came out of this match. You know, I, yeah, I, it's funny, man. Um the Buckeyes won. What was it? Eighteen to fifteen. Eighteen, to right? 15, eighteen yeah. to fifteen. But I can't. I can't get. I, for whatever reason, I mean, for obvious reasons, I struggle to get real excited about that win. I mean, you had a couple of guys that looked really good, um, and even before the match, you know, there was a couple of matches that didn't go the Buckeyes' ways that maybe by rankings could have or should have, uh, specifically at one thirty three. Um, and maybe 157. I'm not sure if Pantaleo was ranked, you know, lower or higher. Pantaleo was ranked higher. Higher than Micah. So, you know, I I actually had a conversation with somebody, and I, you know, I said, look, I expect Michich to win that match against Pletcher. I and I said by by three or four points. He was favored. Um, he uh, not by rankings, but yeah, but but I think that. It- I think Pletcher Pletcher's had a phenomenal year, but for anyone who's actually watched and paid attention to the season, we. It's easy to understand that he was ranked number two in the country by default. It was it was almost well. It wasn't by default. I mean, he beat Michik, and he didn't lose. And he's got a lot of great wins that people don't go back and think about it. Pletcher has beaten Montori Bridges, who's beaten Cade Brock. Pletcher has beaten Josh Terrell, who's beaten um, Jack Mueller. Pletcher's beaten. You know, mm. he didn't hit a lot of those guys, but his two seed was well deserved. G- good point. Good point. That was that's rankings. That's rankings. That's right. not. That's not who you think is a better wrestler. I think if you look inside yourself, you know that Meechik's a better wrestler than Pletcher. Meech, you know, Meechik's a, a, a year older, I think. And actually, they're, I think they're the same. Meechik's a junior, right? Yeah, Meechik's a junior. No, Meechik's is right, a, Meechik's sophomore. a sophomore. He's like a sixth-year sophomore. Right, yeah, he's a year older. Yeah, so I he's wasn't— a couple su- years older. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by the Pletcher loss, but I'm not—I'm also not upset about it because I consider Pletcher always to be— a four through six type of guy. Are you a little concerned with the the gap in that match, though? Because it wasn't a look. This was not a close match by any standards at all. It was eleven to four, and it was a domination. Pletcher got the first takedown. After that, it was ugly. I'm not concerned about the gap because, okay, let's average the two matches. Michik wasn't able to dominate Pletcher the way he did in the first match, okay, and then he was here. I think we're probably somewhere in between. The seven to five win by Pletcher and the eleven to four win by Michik. We're probably looking maybe at like an eight to five type of match where Michik's going to win that match, and that makes sense to me. He's a better wrestler than Luke Pletcher right now at this period in time. But I knew that going into this match, and I right. think that if you, I think that, I think that if, if you're a true uh, objective Buckeye fan. You probably believe based on Michik's previous—I mean, Michik almost beat Tomasello. You probably—last be- year. You probably believe based on Michik's, um, um his results that he's better than Pletcher, but Pletcher could still win a- win that match. It wasn't like I went into that match thinking there's no way Pletcher wins, but I did go into that match thinking Michik's definitely the clear favorite. And I think that 
the blowout had a little bit to do with maybe the crowd getting into it. You know, Ohio State looked flat in general, and we can talk about this. And I don't think that it's something that I, 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 I think there's some hope. I think there's some hope there. I, I don't think that just because they look flat now doesn't mean they're not they're going to look flat at the Big Tens. I think when you take away this match, you indicated that it was something that you know you wouldn't write home about or brag about. I get that, but let's look at some of the good. Okay, not only did Nathan Tomasello tech fall through Matten, Nathan Tomasello successfully made 125 again and had a full gas tank. That's the things we want to look at. Okay, he beat the guy who was ranked number nine in the country, but not only did he do that, he had a great gas tank. He looked good. He's looked great at 125. I have not seen him fade whatsoever. Let's give him a let's give him the week off against Sean Foz. No, I think so. No, I think you let it, you give him the week off. We can argue about this later. Joy McKenna. He's back at it. Now, I know he only won 62 against Sal Profaci, but that's a four-point difference. It wasn't like it was a one-point match, and that's the way he wrestles. No, I agree with you there. Look, I, I, I think Tomasello looked fantastic, and I thought that was a, a, a definite bright spot in that match. Um, and the more that we watch Tomasello, I don't think we've seen Tomasello, maybe with the exception of his first match or two back on the mat, struggle with gas tank or endurance issues. Um, I think he's managing the weight great. And that's um, a big, that's a big it, point. It's, it's huge. Um, and I, I, he wrestled phenomenal. He, he could have settled at the major, but fought to the very end. He got that, that tech fall against Matten. Matten, you know, uh, by some publications was a top 10 ranked kid. Matten's a guy that's beaten Lezak and Sean Russell this year. Correct. You know, so no, fantastic jog by Thomas. So I'm not concerned with him one bit. The Pletcher thing, I think. Look, if you follow wrestling, you know, if you really follow wrestling and you watch the matches, you, you, you know who Fletch, who Pletcher is, and, and you know the type of wrestler that Michich is. And, um, like, I agree with you. Michich is probably just the better wrestler right now. Can that be flipped at the national tournament or Big Tens? Absolutely. It wouldn't shock me if Pletcher ended up beating Michich again. But at the same time, even if Pletcher beat Michich at the Big Ten, I'm still favoring Michich. The next time they rest. Of course, of course. Um, Joey McKenna is what he is. McKenna's not going to blow a lot of people out, you know. But he can. He's one of those guys that he can make a. If you're just looking at the numbers, six to two. Oh, he only beat Sal Profaci six to two. But he, he rides him like a dog. Yeah, he dominated Profaci. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what Joey McKenna's doing right now. Joey McKenna rode Nick Lee like a freaking bull. I mean, and he then goes out and beats Profaci. And, you know, Profaci's scrappy. And I'm, I'm not going to get into thinking Profaci's, you know, Profaci was a national qualifier last year. Actually, Pletcher beat him in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, I'm excited about Joey McKenna. I'm really looking forward to him wrestle Kevin Jack. I, we can talk about I think I favor Jack in that match. But it's a, lose, it's a win-win for McKenna. If he loses, he, his ranking doesn't drop. If he wins, now we're starting to talk about where is he going to be seated at. No, I agree completely. And I, I'm, I thought Keyshawn. Oh, go ahead. Man. No, I'm no, I, I'm totally with you on on the McKenna train right now. I think McKenna the last few weeks has wrestled, you know, outstanding. Um, I think he's uh, he's making that that really bad loss to Tommy Thorne become a distant memory, and you know that's that's fantastic. Um, he's kind of Thorne just got beat by Deal from Maryland. Oh. Yeah, I mean Tommy Thorne is on the verge of not getting seated. He's at a freaking the national enigma, tournament. dude. He he really is. Um, so yeah, I, I am completely on the same page with you there. Um, I, I do have a bit of concern going to a different weight class. I'm a little concerned right now with Micah. 
Okay, what are your thoughts on that? Because this is this is the second time Pantaleo's beating beaten him, um, and honestly. If that match had been maybe two or three minutes longer, I think Micah could have came back because Pantaleo was gassing. He was gassed, but, but he gassed himself. He gassed himself, absolutely. Well, and I think his gas tank isn't the greatest to begin with anyway. Right. Um, but Micah cannot start matches against high-level competition already down six to nothing down in the hole. You can't zero. do that. He, you know, he did that He did that against uh, Pantaleo last time they wrestled. He got pancaked, didn't go to his back, but then got sucked back with the chin, uh, the, uh, the kind of like a chin back, and he was down 6-0. And then end up losing ten to three there. Here he loses twelve to seven. He gets a couple takedowns. I think he got uh, three takedowns. I think the main reason why he got three takedowns is because Pantaleo was so tired. Pantaleo is a better wrestler. Can I think. I, can I just ask you a question real quick? You were yeah. there, and I've heard it both ways. Is it Pantaleo or Pantaleo? Pantaleo. Okay, I was saying Pantaleo, and then I heard people this weekend saying Pantaleo. So you, it is Pantaleo. It's Pantaleo. Okay. It's Pantaleo. Um, I, I just said I just said the Pantaleo is a better wrestler than Mike Jordan. I'm going to take that statement I just said back. Pantaleo is 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 a bit bad matchup for Micah Jordan. Pantaleo is without a doubt one of the most athletic wrestlers in the country. Very strong. And extremely strong. Um very powerful, very quick, and he can take advantage you you get in one bad situation with him and he can take advantage of that and before you know it you're in the hole, or you're on your back, or you've been taken down. And I think that's what he's proven with Micah. Well, I, I think he, he, here's why it's such a bad matchup. And, it, and it's just an extrapolation of what you said. Pantaleo has great counter offense, whether it be to a shot, whether it be to a pancake, whether it be to a leg or, or a front head, great counter offense. A great counter offensive wrestler is going to feast on a very, very offensive wrestler who doesn't set up a lot of shots and who's just willy-nilly shooting in. Look, Micah Jordan, he takes a lot of shots with a lot of things that aren't wouldn't be considered the greatest setups. And the reason why he does that is because when he gets to a leg, he tends to finish on people. And he can get to those legs. He can get to those legs below the knee and, and fi- finish it either front or backdoor it. With Pantaleo, Micah Jordan took a, a shot without a setup, started to back out, Pantaleo got that over under and pancaked him. It's a really bad matchup. I would be curious to see if Michael Jordan could have taken Pantaleo down three times if Pantaleo didn't burn himself out in the first period. That's a good point. I don't think he could have. That's a great point right there. But this is where I'm going to counter that. You think that Pantaleo burned himself out in the first period, and by burned himself out, I mean burned his... His grip out from holding that right, cradle his posi- arms out, but position I mean, so long. You gotta be tired, right? Sure. No, no, I, I completely agree. But if you've watched Pantaleo's matches throughout the season, he has gas tank issues. Based on my observations, and even some other people's comments that I've heard as well, he's got gas tank issues. So that may just be something. My, what I'm curious about is if Micah can get through a first period without finding himself in a massive hole like that, or a first period and a half. Can he then capitalize on that gas tank issue in the third period? And maybe that's his key to beating a guy like Pantaleo. You're, you're exactly right. Well, that's how he beat Shields the second time. Who? Shields. Oh, Shields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He limited the damage and then just burned him out. Right. Micah's got a great gas tank. Look at Cam- Look at his match against Kemmer. Was Good down point. was down in a huge hole and then took him down at the end twice at the end of the, at the end of the match. So he's wh- got to limit the damage and he's got to limit the four freaking minutes of riding time. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Bert or Kemmer got like three-something minutes of riding time on him. you got to limit those things. 
Yeah, look, look, I'm <laughs> I'm not coaching Micah Jordan, and I am nowhere near the type of coach that that the Ohio State coaches are. But if but if if I if I was coaching Micah yeah, Jordan, we're allowed to have these conversations. Yeah, my advice, my, my advice to him would be: Listen, you do not need to score twelve points in the first period. Weather the storm, you know. Wear a guy out. Wear him out. Pick your spots a little better. And then when you get into that second half of the second period and into that third period, when that guy's tired, then all those shots that you have and that you're able to take because you do have a good gas tank, go get them. So there's two ways that you can beat Micah Jordan, and we've seen it. One is you score big early, and then you hang on. And two is that you limit his amount of time to score on you by riding him. So we've either seen the uh, Alex Pantaleo get up big and hold on, or the Kemmer ride him for so long that he doesn't have the opportunity to come back. If Micah can keep this match going on his feet, he can hang with anybody. And I tell you what, he gets to wrestle Hidley this weekend, and that's going to be a great test. If he can win that match, I think he's back in everybody's good graces. Yeah, and going off what you just said there, you also saw Josh Shields do that in their first match as well. You know, Shields got the takedown, rode, rode him, him out, rode him out for a long, long time. So yeah, you're absolutely right with it, right there. Um, I got to be honest with you, Ben. Just based on what I've seen this year, I'm I'm not favoring Micah in this match against Hidley. I'm a little concerned about it. Um, I think it's one of those win-win situations for Micah. You know, look, if you lose, all right, you're already seated slash ranked below him. If you win, you have a chance to really say, okay, look. I, I'm a guy in the conversation for a higher seed slash higher ranking, uh, but I'm not favoring him at this moment. I like him in this match. Do you really? I really do. I think that against this freshman, Hidley is 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 very strong. He's very strong, very good positional wrestler, similar to Pantaleo. But I think that you know, I've watched him. I'm not sure he's lost. No, he has not lost. But I think that Micah's going to be able to take him down. The reason why Hidley's never seen Micah before. He's never felt Micah before. Doesn't know how Micah wrestles. I think that Micah's going to have some, some, some feeling for. Uh, I think he's going to have some awkward feelings because Micah's so in and out, so sh- you know, shot dependent. That I think that he's going to be able to finish one or two of those takedowns. And Micah doesn't give up a ton of takedowns. You know, he gives up some counter takedowns, but he's he's a very solid defensive wrestler. You know, I agree with you for the most part of what you said there. Um, but I do believe that this is where I think that maybe Micah not ever seeing Hidley may be to Micah's disadvantage. Um, I think Hidley is a very solid positional wrestler, like you said. Um, I think he rides tough. He's got great wins this year, including a win over national finalist, um, returning national finalist Joey Lavalle. He is undefeated. Um, he's very strong, holds position well, and. Those are the wrestlers that Micah struggled with this year. So it'll be interesting to see how it Call plays it out. Call it a hunch. All right. I, I like your hunch. Call I hope your, hunch. I hope your hunch is better than my hunch. All right. So, uh, you know, listen, anyway, I, I forgot to mention Keyshawn Hayes. Keyshawn Hayes went out there, did what he's, exactly what he should have done. He had a, wrestled a great match against Little Lamine. Um, I think he beat he him 9-2. The- he rode him tough. He got the takedowns he needed to. That's what I'm did talking Did he not get the major at the end? No, it was 9-2. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought he got the major with that last takedown. But that's what I'm talking about. Look, yeah, if if you're a Buckeye fan or or if you're a, a Buckeye hater and you're looking at the Ohio State and saying that they're faltering, 
look, the bottom line is people lose matches, okay? Not everybody's Penn State. And you know what? Maybe at the freaking end of the year, Ohio State finishes second. Okay? That's fine. That is fine. But this Ohio State Buckeye team has beaten Iowa. They came within a match or a point of beating Penn State. And they just beat a really tough Michigan team. So we need to stop being so rough on them, me included, and realize that we got dudes like Keyshawn Hayes out there rolling. Yes, yes and no. Okay, look, you're right. I think that we, Buckeye fans in general, have been a little rough on Ohio State lately. Um, It ain't just us, though. Okay, no, it's not just us. You know, listen, it's... (laughs) The Buckeyes may end up finishing second come March, okay? Is it okay? Look, in the grand scheme of things, in life in general, there's nothing you could do about it. So, yeah, it will be okay. The sun will come up the next day. But you're talking about potentially one of the greatest top-to-bottom teams of all time, okay? And that was an expectation, expectation put on them that might that we probably should have relooked at. But but from a fan, and I'm, I'm looking at this from a fan perspective, we will not get to see a team like this in a long time. College wrestling Great in general point, may not see a team like this from top to bottom in a long time. You've got three seniors on this team who are looking to become, I think, the first set of seniors ever to become four-time All-Americans. You're exactly right. Okay, first set of teammates ever to become four-time All-Americans in the same season. You've got returning national champions on this team. You've got... I, I don't know how many All-Americans that we have. In, well, let's see. Tomasello. There's one. Uh, McKenna, there's two. Uh, Micah Jordan, there's three. Bo Jordan, five. Martin, four, five, six, seven. Six, five, seven. Okay, seven returning All-Americans. You've three got returning the young studs. Champions. You've got young guys coming up that are just – look, this is a team that if I'm a coach – you want to maximize its entire potential because you know you may not ever see a team like this again. But look at Penn State's team. Look at Penn State's team. The return of five national champions. So what? I'm so sick of, and maybe it's just because I read so many damn message boards. Get off them message boards, man. I'm so sick of everybody judging Ohio State as, oh, they're not going to, you know, as if they're not going to win it. They're gonna, people, you know, people on the, you know, Penn State boards are making to make fun of them. Okay. You know what? This team, compared to some of the errors that Ohio State's had to go through, compared to when I used to go to the team camps, and I'm not dissing this man, but you know, Russ Ellickson was coaching, and I used to watch Mark Coleman and Kevin Randleman roll around doing their freaking UFC stuff over at those team camps. This team now is going to finish no worse than second place in the country for the second year in a row. With They just beat Iowa this year, man. Let's let's give them a little bit of credit. They just beat Michigan, okay, who's got a very solid team, and we're down on them. But, you know, okay, so here's my non-cynical statement. We've been rough on Ohio State, but if there's one thing that we've observed Tom Ryan do in the past three, four, five years, I'm not sure there's another coach in the country outside of maybe Kale Sanderson, but I don't think his guys ever go through these, these lulls like this, these slumps. There's not one coach in this country that gets his team to peak better come March than Tom Ryan, in my opinion. They're, they're going to be ready. Every, I got a really good feeling about him. Every year, 
as a Buckeye fan, we go through a two, three-week period where we're like, oh, my God, sky is falling, chicken little, the team's falling apart. We're not getting a trophy. We're not getting a trophy. We're not going to win that title. And then all of a sudden, they go out there, and they're right in the thick of things. Yeah. A couple years ago, they won an NCAA title. Last year, they won the Big Tens, which was a trip I'll never forget. You know, you were talking earlier about trips. I'll never forget. That was an amazing trip. Look, Buckeyes are not out of it. Okay? And to all of our Penn State fans that listen, because I know they do, we appreciate it. And look, I, I give mad props to what Penn State's been able to do. And in fact, I, I, am, I give full respect to them. But trust me, the house State's coming. And what you've seen is them training pretty hard. They're a little tired. They're going to get a couple weeks off. And these boys will be ready to roll. So let's talk about the rest of this duel. I know you all want right, to say a couple right. things. Yeah, so... Look, as we said, Keyshawn Hayes did his thing. I thought he looked really good in that match. Just really solid. Um, I'm beginning to get really worried about Tayshan Campbell. And the reason why I say that is this, okay? Tayshan Campbell has all the talent in the world. You've seen that when he was at Pitt, okay? ACC champ last year, 2-2 at the national tournament. But here's the thing. When you're going through the Big Ten grind, like we've talked about before, and when you're cutting a lot of weight, it can do, especially the weight cut, it can be very detrimental to you physically and mentally. And his exact progression this year is the exact progression, if we want to call it progression, that we saw from Jose Rodriguez last year. Right. Really good the first month or month and a half of the season, and then after the first of the year, struggled and I'm pretty sure Tayshan Campbell has lost what his last six, seven matches. I know he lost his last six in a row. Last six in a row. What, seven out of the last eight. And let me tell you who they were too. No, not seven out of the last okay, eight. Okay. Okay. No, let me tell you who they were too. They were to Richie Lewis. Yep. Who's an All American contender. They were to Nick Wanzek, who's having the best season of his life and is definitely an All American contender, round of twelve guy at least. They were to Alex Marinelli, who will be the number one ranked guy in the country. No. Okay. Imar's the number one guy in the country. Okay, oh, excuse me, number one seed of the Big Ten, potentially. They were Austin Hiles. That was a really bad loss. I think he was really down then. Chenzo, turning national champ, and Logan Massa, who, what, he took third last year, third or fourth? Correct. I am not worried about Tayshan Campbell. I was for a long time, but I have a new perspective on it. Oh, give I it think, to me. Give I, it to me. I think he's going to go out, and I think he's going to get that win. I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be 8-2. to two. It's going to be 7-3. to f- three. He's already beat this guy twice um, from North Carolina State, and he's going to have two weeks, and he's going to get ready. The Big Ten. Is this Hammond? Yeah. Brian Hammond from North Carolina State, I think. The Big Ten, I think that um, in, uh, Kevin Clonch from Blood Round and I and Tommy were talking about this weekend. The Big Ten has, like, out of the top 14 guys, nine of them are in the Big Ten. They're going to get it. So, look, he's just he's gone through a huge grind. He's wrestled a tougher schedule than anybody else on the Ohio State team. And he's he's lost matches to guys that are all going to be considered round of 12 type guys or or better, right? Like the Chenzos and stuff. But his worst loss besides the let's just throw out the the Hiles match. I think that was just a really a big anomaly cuz he's also got a win over Isaiah White. I'm talking about Tayshan, so he's got some wins. He's in the round of 12 conversation. And then once you get there, anything can happen, man. I'm not saying he's going to All-American, but what I'm saying is that he doesn't have, I think besides 
his loss to Hiles, he doesn't have a bad loss. He doesn't have a loss that you would look at. I just think he got caught up in a really bad schedule. Okay. He got caught up in a really bad schedule. I agree with you completely there. The schedule has been brutal for him. 165 in the Big Ten is probably the toughest weight class in the country, okay, when it comes to the, to, to the Big Ten at least. But, Ben, you've watched the matches. We're not getting anything out of him in these matches at all. It looks like he is has no energy. He's disengaged. And it, when you start performing – look, you can only – when you're a high-level athlete like Tayshan is, who was a conference champ, round of 12 guy, all right, when you're that type of guy, how many losses can you continue to take before it starts to mess with you mentally? No, I think I think it has a mental aspect to it, but I also think that we've got some really good mental coaches in the Ohio State. All team. right, I, I love the I, I, I love the positivity. No, I, I re- love the positivity. I, I really think that okay, even if he takes ninth in the Big Ten, I think he's in the round of twelve conversation, and I don't think he's going to take ninth in the Big Ten. We've talked about this before. I think I said last week that the one thing about Tayshan that you, you you've seen him from him this year is that his tournament wrestling is better than his dual meet wrestling, and a lot of that has to do probably with the the weight cut and the weigh in rules and things like that. So that definitely goes to his favor at the uh, at the national tournament. So I, I hope you're right, man. I I, I hope you're right. You're kind of it, it was a like random you, premonition that I had. Like you're always telling me, you know. I think you're talking me off the ledge here on this. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, so, there's two matches I know we really want to touch on here. I do want to comment. I think that, let's just jump to 197 real quick. I think what we saw from Colin Moore bouncing back after that loss he took at Penn State, what we saw this weekend is the Colin Moore that we were all waiting to see all year long. Attacking, attacking, attacking. Takedowns at will. He beat uh, number 12 ranked Kevin Beasley, who was a returning All-American 17-6, to and it wasn't close. I mean, that 17-6 to 6 could have been, I mean, it could have been even worse. He took him down at will. So what that tells me, and again, this is all speculation and assumptions, my opinion, is that either one, he was not himself against Anthony Kasser, either he was sick or whatever it was, or two. Don't start making excuses. We're not, gonna, no, no, no. We're going to get cyberbullied. No, 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 no. Or two, that maybe sometimes when you're a sophomore who is the number one ranked guy in the country, who has not lost a match, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, maybe there's a certain level of pressure to be felt when you're undefeated. And when you take that first loss and you wake up the next day and you realize, hey, look, the sun still came out today. I'm still a phenomenal wrestler. Maybe he went out there and wrestled with a, a little a little more loose than what he had been. It's funny you say that. Who, who else maybe, maybe did that in their career? Uh, Gabe Dean. That's exactly as right. As a sophomore. That's exactly right. I, I think that I think that the um I think that people are, are completely overreacting about one loss loss to Anthony Casser. Anthony Casser won that match. Anthony Casser deserved to win that match. Anthony Casser out wrestled Colin Moore on that day. I'm not making any excuses for Colin Moore. But let me tell you one thing right now. If we're betting money right now, Colin Moore beats Anthony Casser the next time they wrestle. And Colin Moore wins the NCAA title. I will take beer bets with anybody from Pennsylvania on that at the national tournament. Or or Shakur Rashid. I, I, I don't see Colin Moore losing, man. I'm sorry to say it. I hope you're right. I, I don't see it. No, I hope you're right. I absolutely hope you're, hope you're right. All right, listen. Two matches did not go the Buckeyes' way. 174, 285. Let's talk about Bo Jordan. I think, this is my opinion, Bo Jordan has wrestled a mean... I don't know what five six times. I think that was the fourth or fifth time. Okay, so undefeated against him. Undefeated against him. 
it's really hard to beat a guy over and over and over again, especially a guy at a means level. So on one hand, I'm not overly concerned about this. But on the other hand, what do, where does right. Bo get his offense, Ben? Well, you know, he did take a mean down. Um, look, the bottom line is I think that we need to realize that Bo Jordan and Amin, when Bo Jordan beat him once, I think 13-6, to six, it was either at the Big Tens or the NCAAs last year. Big Tens, I believe. So yeah. Nice. And and he beat him at the NCAAs for uh, uh no he didn't beat him then did he wrestle the end of the NCAAs I can't remember but I, I know they wrestled um, at one point and Bo Jordan put it on pretty good I think we need to throw that match out the window it's not going to be a thirteen to six type win again for Bo Jordan but at the same time he lost six to five to him and I think they're probably pretty close to even wrestlers um it's it's tough to say who to favor you don't just favor Miles Amin because he won the last match I think you need to look at the entire history. And then you probably say, and remember, that was on a last-second takedown that Miles Amin just won that match. You probably say that if they wrestle again, you probably favor Bo Jordan, but it's going to be close. Okay, it's not going to be a big blowout. doesn't mean Miles Amin can't win. Look, Bo Jordan is a guy that probably isn't going to win an NCAA title. Okay, Bo Jordan's a guy that's going to go down as a four-time All-American who went 3-3-2, and I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, but... My guess is I think he's going to finish probably third again. Okay. He's going to go 3-3-2, potentially three. I think you chalk it up, too. People have given Bo Jordan a lot of crap. People have given Bo Jordan a lot of um, – people have you know, doubted Bo Jordan a lot. He's going to go down as one of the greatest wrestlers to never win an NCAA title if he doesn't win it this year. And you got to give a lot of respect to Bo Jordan, not just because of the family atmosphere of it, but because of – what he's done on the mat. I agree with you, man. I absolutely agree with you with that last statement. Um, I'm not writing Bo off yet to not win a national title. I think, I've, as you and I have seen at the national tournament over and over again, um, we've said this before, that first whistle gets blown and all shit gets thrown out the, the window. I mean, it, it just everything that you thought you knew or that you thought you knew that was going to happen does not always happen. However, I will say he is not considered a favor over the top-ranked guys in that weight class. Um, but you're right. I, I think, you know, what Bo has been able to accomplish at Ohio State is phenomenal with the issues that he's had with the injuries, which are legitimate, serious injuries. Um, obviously, he's Training doing... limited injuries. Absolutely. Um, obviously, he's doing all this while raising a family. Um, and then a lot of people don't realize also is that his first couple of years, Bo cut a lot of weight. He cut a lot of weight and was still very successful. But you know what? He always seems to kind of show up. He, he always seems to show up at the right moment. He's going to be there. He will be there, which... That's half the battle right there, man. Right. I mean, but in all seriousness aside, he shows up at the right moments. I, I don't know if I, if I was a betting man, which I'm really not, I don't know if I could pick him over as a Heat or a Mark Hall at this moment. Yeah, I don't um, think so. And there's some other serious contenders in that weight class as well. Dan Lewis from Missouri, Jordan Cutler Jordan from Cutler. Lehigh, obviously Miles Amin who just beat him from Michigan. Um, but Bo seems to show up at the right time. He doesn't have to beat them all. But he's gonna have to beat a couple of them. Yeah, you and know. you know, and I and I think that he's gonna be, and he's going to do it. And people are people are starting to speculate. Oh, do we want Bo Jordan? Oh, now Bo Jordan cemented himself as having to be on Zahid's side. I'm not sure that 
you know, Bo Jordan. I'm not sure that Mark Hall is a much better matchup than Zahid is against Bo. I, I think that it's 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 a pickup. You know what? Zahid's lost one match in his career, and it was in the semifinals. So maybe that's where we want to be. That's, that's right. I you know I just think that a lot of people give Bo Jordan a lot of. Um, you know, people need to cut him a little bit of slack. The dude's a three-time All-American, never finished below third, and I think that I think that that's going to bear itself out again this year. I think he's lost to what? He's lost to to four different guys. What? Deeringer, his cousin Zeke. He lost to Robuto. Did he lose to Robuto? Yeah, he lost to Robuto in the duel. He's lost a couple. Did he really lose to Robuto yeah, in the duel? He lost to Robuto in the duel. Did he really? I don't remember that. I'm okay. positive. Okay. And then, obviously, Amin and Mark Hall. So, all right. So, the big one. Real quick, Miles Martin. What were your thoughts on that match, Ben? I think he wrestled a really tough competitor and found a way to win. I think people, people outside of Michigan and maybe even Ohio a little bit tend to underestimate how good Dominic Abinader can be. He's already been a Big Ten champ. He's just, he hadn't put it together in the NCAA tournament. He's the guy that had Bo Nickel on the ropes. I think if you're underestimating Donna McNabinator, then then you're silly because you know he's going to end up being an All American for the first time this year. He's a great wrestler. Miles kind of put it to him a little bit at the Cliff Keen, but look, you can't just expect people to win outside of the Bone Nichols and the freaking you know Zane, Zane. Rutherfords and Jason Noss. We get that you know you have those uh, those people that you you know or the Kyle Snyder's apparently but not that's not the case. Well, Jason Noss has a loss. Yeah. Well, yeah, but look. <laughs> People are going to have matches where it's it's a tough match. Right. And right. you know what? Miles Martin found a way to beat Dominic Abernator, a freaking very formidable opponent, in a hostile crowd when he needed the win to help win the duel meet. What do you want me to say? I don't think that he I don't think that he under wrestled, or I don't think that he didn't look good. I think that he had some great Mister or some great reshots. I think that he had some great scrambles, and he he beat a really good guy. He beat he's the two ranked seed. You're a two-ranked guy. You beat the five-ranked guy five to three. On, on any other weight class, you're not that surprised about it. You know what I really liked about it on the positive side for Mymar? Mymar went out last week against Penn State when everybody thought, hey, this is a two-man race. Miles Martin is having a phenomenal year. And he goes out and he gets majored by Bo Nickel. And for him to bounce back like this against a tough, tough, t- highly ranked, highly talented Dominic Abinader and be able to gut out a very close win against a high-quality opponent after a tough loss, I can respect that. And to me, that gives a lot of hope. To the to me, that sh- just shows a lot about the type of competitor that Miles Martin is. He is. And you know what else he did? He went down on Dominic Abinader, who's a super tough guy on top, and got out again, same as he did against uh, at the Cliff Keen. I wish that more wrestlers on the Ohio State team could be that, that, that proficient on bottom because – Look, he goes down on some of the tough, toughest competitors in the country, and he gets out on them. That, so that shows you right there that if you're not going to be able to ride him, you got to beat him on your feet, and good luck because I can only see one person in the country being able to do that. Now we're going to see another guy who's really tough this weekend, and Pete Renda, who beat him, I think, 9-3 to three in a, when they wrestled. 9-2, to two, I believe. Yeah, but Miles did beat him this summer. All right, so before we get into all that, let's get the last match of the Michigan duel. I think this is what was the one that – I mean, this is was the one that kind of shook the wrestling community. Heavyweight Adam Kuhn, number two ranked guy, uh, now number one against Kyle Snyder. Um, Snyder man, Captain America, pound for pound, number one guy in the world. I don't know, Ben. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You were there. You saw it live. It I'd like to hear your thoughts was first. Crazy. 
when when Adam Kuhn threw Kyle Snyder in that over unders and they went out of bounds. Yep. The crowd went nuts. It was deafening. I bet it was. I mean, it was nine thousand people just going absolute nuts. My thoughts on the match. Look, the bottom line is, you know, when you put on your singlet and you put on your shoes, you go out there to wrestle, you can lose. There's there's no guarantees. Adam Kuhn is an elite world level athlete. He's a junior medal. Bron- or is a junior world bronze medalist in both Greco and freestyle. Okay, he's a guy that I think is going to be on the ladder, and you know maybe one of our representatives very soon, in one of those styles, in this at the senior circuit. He weighed in at two hundred and eighty pounds. Kyle Snyder weighed in at two hundred twenty pounds, two hundred twenty five pounds. At some point, there's just such a size difference to where. If you have another wrestler who's absolutely phenomenal, as Adam Kuhn is, it's a disadvantage. Kyle Snyder was not able to move him around the mat like he can other wrestlers. Kyle Snyder got in on a number of different shots, but Adam Kuhn was able to use his size advantage to stop those shots, and Adam Kuhn was able to use his technical advantage in the upper body um, position. So, you know, I think that Adam Kuhn is better than Kyle Snyder at upper body wrestling. And he was able to use his technical proficiency in the upper body to beat Kyle Snyder. So he beat him on his own technique. It wasn't just size. No. But size had a lot to do with it. Size has a lot to do with it, Ben. And that's – look, I hear a lot of – I hear a lot of Ohio State fans, and I want to feel this way, like say – Kyle Snyder will have a game plan when he comes back to him the next time. And I hope that's right, and I'm sure he will. But what is that game plan going to be? And I ask that question because, look, you can't go upper body with Kuhn and push him around the mat. He's going to push back, and he's going to push back harder than you are. When he's probably better in upper body than Kyle Snyder. You can't. You know, it's not going to be the Connor Medbury situation where we get on a high crotch and we get him lifted in the air and, and take him down. Medbury was also like 15, 20 pounds lighter than Exactly. Guy. And even if Kyle Snyder was able to succeed at that, how much energy is he is he exerting on that one takedown attempt? And what will that do to him the rest of the match? So what is the game plan, man? Well, here's, here's, what, here's the way I look at it. Okay. They've wrestled twice. Kuhn isn't much bigger than he was when they originally wrestled, maybe 5, 10 pounds at most. Snyder was able to beat him then. So one of the things that one of the things that people said about Kuhn two years ago was he was big, but he was not really strong for his size. So is it possible that he spent the last two years lifting into that, like getting developing that strength that you would see in a guy that's looks like Andre the flipping giant? Putting, his, putting some muscle on the frame? Definitely can. Definitely can be. But 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 the way I look at it is this. I, I don't look at it as, as an, un, an unwinnable situation for Kyle Snyder. I look at it as they wrestled twice. Adam Kuhn got the best of them the last time. And, look, if, if you're going to bet against Kyle Snyder, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be a – I'm not saying it's not a smart bet, but the bottom line is this guy's been able to prove that he, he's taken losses on the international level. Sure. He, you know, I know they're for different reasons. You know, he's lost probably because the other guy was just technically better at the time. I mean, Kuhn isn't technically better than Snyder when it comes to a folk-style wrestling match. Kuhn is technically better than Snyder in the upper body position. What Snyder needs to be able to do is to execute his offense on a guy that size. So ben, I think there's some things that he can do to be able to do that. Let me. Uh, this is a legitimate question, serious question I'm asking you. 
Does Adam Kuhn have to take a shot to win a match against Kyle Snyder? Yes or no? No. Okay. Because Kyle Snyder's going to have to. Right. But Kyle Snyder does have to. So who does that favor there? I think that's a 50-50 position. I think I think when they get into shots, it's a 50-50 position. Kyle Snyder was in deep on a high crotch, and if he would have dumped it rather than tried to lift it, that was his biggest mistake. You think so? He okay, tried good to go, point. Good point. He tried to go Medbury lift on him, and he wasn't able to do it, and that wore him out because he got stuck underneath him. But if he runs the pipe on that high crotch, a guy of Kuhn's size, I'm not sure he's going to be able to continue to be able to stand up with that much pressure on his leg. It's a different story. Do you think Snyder needs to get on a more shots below the knee? He definitely needs to attack below the knee. He definitely needs to attack below the knee. More below the knee, maybe head inside, split the middle type stuff? No, split the middle. Head outside. No, head inside. Head inside. Collapse the knee and finish Jordan Burroughs style on low singles. Okay. Because he he did that towards the end, but he was so exhausted that Kuhn was able to get his leg back. But if he catches him on one of those early or catches him on two of those early, now we're talking about a different match because then Kuhn's going to have to get on his offense, and Kyle Snyder is fantastic in short offense. Yeah. No, I love that. I love hearing that. Um, I absolutely love hearing that. One of the things that I did not like seeing in that match, I think I think a lot of that can be reversed. One, Snyder needs to not let Kuhn control the ties and push him around the mat. I think that favors Kuhn. Yeah, why, Two, why are we getting in these huge yeah. freaking over-under ties? Yeah, don't. That, that absolutely favors Kuhn. Two, listen, if you get in on a high crotch type shot, do not exert 99% of your energy trying to lift him off the mat. Nobody's lifting this dude. God. Ty Walls was the only person I've ever seen been able to lift that guy. Uh, Ty Walls was about 250. <laughs> exactly. So, no, I love hearing that from you. So, Ben, Big Ten, look, we're going to see this match two more times, in my opinion. We're going to see the Big Ten. Oh, is that Ten. your opinion? Yeah. We're gonna, well, I got to put that out there. I'm I just mean, kidding. Just saying. We're going to see it two more times. I mean, somebody might beat Coon before the NCAA Finals. I'm just saying. Oh, snap. <laughs> Conan Jennings. Come on, baby. Um, Are you liking Snyder's chances? I do. I, I think that I like his chances just as good as I like Adam Coon's. I think it's a 50-50. That's not doing anything for what me, What do you buddy? want me to say, that he's guaranteed to win? That's not, no. no. If you're a betting man, who are you betting on? I'm betting on Kyle Snyder all day, every day. But I'm a Buckeye fan, bro. That's not a fair question. Ask <laughs> Kevin Clunch that same question. He's going to bet on Adam Coon. <laughs> all right, man. I love it. I, I, I hope he figures it out. Look, you know what? If there's Honestly, though, I look, our boy Dan Ranzik has said this before, and I think Dan Ranzik is a big Ohio State homer. And um, huge, huge. Like sometimes you gotta. It takes a while to decipher whether his text and tweets are for real or not. But I do believe this one text that he keeps sending us is legit. That he says if there's anybody on the Buckeye team that he's not worried about learning from a loss and making adjustments, it's Kyle Snyder. And I gotta agree with that. I absolutely have to agree with that. I think Kyle Snyder's wrestling IQ is so high that he knows where he messed up. He knows the positions that he got into that were disadvantageous to him and the positions that he needs to get into to beat Adam Kuhn. And that's the best thing that he has going for him right now. Um, but if he goes out and he tries to make this a, a pissing contest again to see who's got the bigger wiener, Adam Kuhn's going to win that, man. Don't I, I didn't see him in a singlet. Or I didn't see him without a singlet on. But. <laughs> All I'm saying is don't. Let's not make this about muscles, homie, because giving up 60, 50, 60 pounds is giving up 50, right, 60 pounds. Right, but I, I think that Kyle, Snyder's, Kyle Snyder, same with Adam Kuhn. They're both just fantastic people, right? They're, they're both just really good, really gracious people, really humble people. Humble in the right ways, right? Like very confident in themselves, but also not putting other people down. 
But if if you're worried about if you think that Kyle Snyder woke up the next day and could barely get out of bed because he lost the match, then then you don't know who Kyle Snyder is. Kyle Snyder got out of bed the next day. He had breakfast. He did the same things he probably always does. He called his mom and told her he loved her, and he went back to training. Because you know what? That's what Kyle Snyder does, baby. And I think it's awesome. I think you know what? I, you know what? I'd rather have Kyle Snyder just tech fall coon. Yeah, but you know what it does is it makes. It makes another great storyline for the Big Tens and NCAAs, and I'm excited about it. We're going to be there. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm absolutely pumped. All right, all right. Let's get off the Buckeyes for a second. Um, another big match this weekend. I know we're running long on time here, guys, but we're just pumped to be talking about wrestling this week. Um, Iowa took on Penn State. I think they actually broke the record, the attendance record, the, I, indoor, the, in, the indoor yeah, attendance right. record. Um, congrats to Penn State on that. But, uh, you know, Penn State prevailed. They absolutely prevailed. Yeah, some, whatever. Some interesting matches, though. I will tell you this. Um, how about the bull, Alex ah. Marinelli? By the way, guys. Ohio boy. Ohio boy, Alex Marinelli. Listen. Dayton boy. Typically, you, lately we've been doing our inside trip of the week. <laughs> Where are you going? This week, we're going to do our not-so-inside trip ah. of the week. Hey, Vincenzo. Way to wind up on your back, bro. Oh, way to wind up on your back, bro. Vincenzo Joseph, are you giving him our not inside trip of the week? Dude, I'm actually, he hit Marinelli in an inside trip earlier in the match. He did. Okay, he did. And Marinelli fought off of it. No, Yeah, no backs. No back. No backs. Tried to go get it again. And you know back what? Back to the well, baby. I was watching it. And when they got in that position, Marinelli went. He went in body lock oh, position. Oh, body lock stepped in. Body lock. And as soon as Vincenzo stepped for that trip, Marinelli went hip to hip. Oh, he said, he "My my wiener is going right with your wiener." And you know what? I'm gonna crunch you up. He crunched him. And he said, "Hey, like our Dayton boys, my fellow Dayton boys, ah, don't wind don't up find on your back, back, bro." I'm pretty sure. Like, so I'm not a lip reader. But I'm pretty sure Alex Marinelli was singing that in Vincenzo Joseph's ear while he had him on his back. Boom! Take that, Penn State fans. Uh, Alex Marinelli from Dayton, Ohio, baby. Yeah, we love you. What up, what up? We love the bull. Hey, by the way, guess what? We got a new number one at 165 now, one of our favorite college wrestlers, Ah. Isaiah Martinez. Isaiah Martinez, back in his rightful place. Absolutely. It's funny how... Man, Penn State fans better be pissed. Man. Get pissed because you bullied us. You bullied us on the interweb for two weeks, and I'm yeah, tired of it. I'm sick and tired of the cyberbullying. You know what's funny? Like we lit- did I say this earlier? We legitimately had a Penn State fan DM us and said, "I just found your podcast. I've listened to episode 52 four times because episode 52 was all about Penn State." Beating the shit out of Ohio State. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, sorry. You, now you're probably listening. This one was like, oh, they weren't as cool as I thought they were. <laughs> you know what? We're pretty damn sweet. All right. Ohio State, NC State, wrestling this weekend. It's the last duel of the season. Holy shit, Brandon. Where has the time gone? This season's been so weird for so many reasons, but the season has definitely flown by. And you're right. Ohio Podcast State. Podcast makes it fly further. It really Master, does. Sorry to interrupt you. There. No, you're absolutely right. It just it's it's been an amazing year so far. As Ohio State fans, we got one more duel. This duel is going to be amazing. It's against North Carolina State. I both I, I hope that both teams wrestle their their entire lineups. Their their full you know their their number one lineups because there's some outstanding matches to be had. 
Um, you've got two top five ranked opponents at 125 and Sean Falls and Nathan Tomasello. You've got a fantastic match at 133 between Luke Pletcher and the up-and-coming Tariq Wilson, like you said. Um, An amazing match at 141 between two All-Americans, Joey McKinnon and Kevin Jack. Um, You've got the Hidley and Micah Jordan match. You've got a very, very interesting match at 184 between Miles Martin and Pete Renda. We'll get to that in just a second. That, to me, is the most interesting. Well, that and I really like 141. I I don't expect us to – I keep on saying us, but guys, we're all fans here. I don't expect Ohio State to win at 141, but I can see it happening, and I think that that could be the defining moment for Joey McKenna. I agree there. Um, and then at 197, you really have a very intriguing matchup between, obviously, Colin Moore um, against Michael Machiavello uh, for North Carolina State. And the reason why I say that is because, look, Colin Moore is one of the most – he's got got a, such a, an amazing gas tank, and his offensive attacks are just so fun to watch. But Machiavello is very, very solid and fundamentally sound. I think Machiavello is one of the only people that's beaten Ben Darmstadt this year. He did beat him, didn't he? Yeah, and Darmstadt is the other person that some people are, I think at least one prognosticator's ranking at number one. So Machiavello is definitely dangerous. I, I think that if Colin Moore wins that match, th- there's no way you can't seat him number one if he, if he ends up winning the Big Tens because you know he's got the win over the guy that beat Darmstadt now. I think that probably would happen anyways. You're talking about Colin Moore? Yeah. Well, here's the deal with Colin Moore and the Big Tens. Listen, he's got to win it. Um, he's got the win over Wilkie. His only loss is against Anthony Casser. I'm not even sure Casser's going to be the starter for Penn State. So he's obviously – I, I think he's looking at the as the, star, as the number one seed for Big Tens. All right, Ben, real quick. Let's just go from the bottom up. Tomasello and Sean Foss, to me, that's a very interesting matchup. And the reason why I say that is because for those, for those of you guys that have never, never seen Sean Foss wrestle, he is very tall. He's very big, and I'm curious about how Tomasello is going to be able to handle that size difference. What are your thoughts on that? I think Tomasello's going to get in on his lefty high crotch, and he's going to cut across and finish it without much problem. He's wrestled better wrestlers. He's wrestled better scramblers than Sean Foz. He's wrestled the Nico Megaluduses, and he's undefeated against him in the you know in college wrestling. I don't see it being much of an issue. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a major decision, but I've seen Tomasello major guys just as good as him. Okay, I like that. I like I like that option. What, what do you think? Um, I agree with a lot of. I, I agree with what you said there regarding the technique statements. Um, I don't think it's going to be a major decision. Obviously, um, I think the interesting thing to me will be is if Tomasello gets in on that lefty high crotch, can Fawz kind of uh, sit the corner? Can he sit the corner on that, and if he can, how does Tomasello handle that? Because you've seen guys who are very long and rangy go up against guys like Tomasello who are more stout and short, stocky, and they get on those shots. You you sit the corner. I got to say something real quick. It was Frank Mattias, not Machiavello, that beat Ben Darmstadt. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're sorry right. about that. I no, know you're right. people are probably saying yeah. that right now. Yeah, Mattias is the one that beat and, Darmstadt. And I really, I'm sorry about cutting you off there, but no. I wanted to make sure about that. No problem. Um, so I'm interested in that match because of that reason. I want to see how Tomasello can handle that type of wrestler against him because I don't know if he's really seen somebody like that before. Not this year, but you know he's seen an Allen Waters. I mean he's he's seen types he's seen those types of guys before. I I just think that look Sean Foss is never All American before. He's he's an excellent wrestler who's cutting a ton of weight. I'd, I'd be very surprised if a guy who Thomas Hill can get out on him. Agreed. I mean, I, I'd be very surprised. Well, where is where is 
Where is Foz a better wrestler than Tomasello at besides scrambling? Nowhere. Great point. Great point. I think we'll see whatever it is. We'll see it in the match this weekend. Um, all right, let's one forty-one. Another big match. Jack and McKenna. Um, you mentioned it earlier, and I I agree with you, Ben. I got to favor Kevin Jack in this match, and the reason why I say that is because. I think Jack has more offense than McKenna. Great offense. And I think that Jack is such a phenomenal scrambler off other his opponent's attacks. And I think that's where it's going to benefit him from. And, and see, I don't see this as a big scrambling match. Um, I think that McKenna's, I think that McKenna's, although he's not the greatest of scramblers, he's good enough to limit scrambles. He's good enough at just traditional style wrestling that he doesn't get in a ton of scrambles. I think that Kevin Jack's, I think that Kevin Jack is going to beat him technically. When I say scrambles, I'm talking about lately we've seen Joey McKenna get in on those single leg shots, and when he gets in, he's been able to finish them. I think when he gets in on that, if he gets to that single leg against Jack, I think Jack is so athletic and such a great scrambler. I think it's not going to be an easy finish for McKenna. And I think that Jack may be able to outscramble him in those situations and either turn them into A stalemates or B points for himself. Yeah, I, I I can see McKenna having a really tough time finishing shots. I don't I don't know if McKenna's going to get taken down on a bunch of scrambles, but where where I think he could get taken down is on Kevin Jack's single legs. Kevin Jack's got some great single legs. He's he's just, he, people, you know, some people paint him into a corner as as, as a scrambling machine. He's not a Jaden Ironman. He, no, he, no, he, he's got. I don't a, mean funky. No, he's got a lot more technical. He's got a lot more technical savvy than than what. Um, some of these wrestlers have at that weight class beyond just scrambling. So I like Kevin Jack there, but I tell you what, I, I think that Joey McKenna's got a shot. Am I, think I crazy? Got, no, crazy? no, you're not crazy. I think he's got a shot as well, especially as well as he's been wrestling this lately. And if he can find a way to pull this victory out, it's going to do phenomenal things for him. Um, let's just jump to 157 real quick. We are very short on time here. Sure. Obviously, we got Hidley, Micah Jordan. We've already talked about yeah, that match a little bit. I mean, Who are you picking in that match? I like Micah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, it might be a homer pick, but it's it's a weird feeling I have. I'm going to go against you here. I've already picked Hidley and I pick him once this week, so I'm going to continue. I'm going to stick with that pick. No, you're done. But you know what? It was very tough for me to pick, and I had that hunch as well. Um, all right. 184. This is the matchup of the night, in my opinion. All right, you've got Miles Martin, you got Pete Renda. They've wrestled before. Mymar beat him at the Midlands. La- I'm sorry, Renda, Renda beat him at the Midlands last year. I think it was nine to two. You and that was when Mymar went to the Midlands by himself randomly after not training for a while. It was just, it was a weird reason why. You know, I'm just saying it was weird all around. So give me your thoughts on this match, Ben. What, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm. If you look at common opponents from this year, I think that you got to favor Mymar. Um, you know, I think Renda's undefeated, um, but at the same time, I think that Mymar's just been a little bit more impressive. Mymar said that Pete Renda was the strongest person that he's ever wrestled. Okay, so Mymar, but my, but he said that when he wrestled him at um, last year. Now Mymar's put on a little bit of strength this year, and I think that even though he had a close match with um, with Abinator, who's a fantastic wrestler, I I think that Mymar's ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Um, I think he's proven that he's the second best guy in the country at this weight, and I think he beats Penn, Pete Randa by base score maybe uh, six, six two, six three, seven four. Wow! All right, look as a Buckeye fan. Wait, you want a tech ball here? I love it. No, I don't know how this match is going to end up, Ben, but I think this match is going to tell people a a lot about this weight class. The entire season, all we've heard is that this weight class is a two man race between Bo Nickel and Miles Martin. 
and you know, Bo Nichols wrestled out of his mind this year. Miles Martin's wrestled out of his mind this year, minus the Bo Nickel match. But sitting in third in the rankings is Pete Renda, who not only has a win over Miles Martin, it was a very dominating win over Miles it Martin was. at the Mid- Midlands last year. Renda also, before taking that red shirt last year, came out of nowhere, at least to us as fans, to take third at the NCAA's. Road Warrior of the Week. Two years ago. Didn't he, didn't he lose first round and come back and take third? I don't think so. Oh, he's not at my Road Warrior then. That was Epperly. That was Epperly. Yeah, that was Epperly. I think it might have been Pete Randa too. <laughs> but um, I think this match is going to tell us a lot about this weight class for a couple of reasons. One, is this weight class really a two-man race? Has Miles Martin really improved that much to where he just needs to wrestle the right match, the right tournament against a Bo Nickel to, to, be to, the, win, it all. to win it all? Or... Is there really a third guy in this dis- you know this discussion come March being Pete Renda? Because look, Pete Renda's got phenomenal results. You can't not. But this year does he? This year, I mean, he's undefeated. He's undefeated. He- you can only wrestle the people in front of you. I get that, but he, his best wins a, a nine to six win that he had to reverse Taylor Vens to put him on his back. This is what I mean by win. that. This is what I mean by that, Ben. He's undefeated this year. He beat Mymar at the Midlands. He took third the year before in his non red shirt year. Okay, so if that was an Ohio State guy, if that was Mymar gotcha. right there, I you gotcha. would say, no, Mymar needs to be in that discussion, right? No, and, and I think the Pete Round is into the discussion. I'm just telling you, I think it's 7-4 to four, Mymar. I hope you're right, bro. I hope you're right. I'm just telling Pete Randall right now, he's going to wind up on his back, bro. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, all right, all right. All right, look, we have gone over today by a few minutes. We apologize for that. Ben, you got anything else you want to touch on? Nah, dude. This freaking year went by so fast. I can't believe we're almost in the Big Tens. I'm pumped for the Big Tens. We're going to have a phenomenal time up there with our boys, Kevin Clonch, Tommy Baranowski from Blood Round. We got our boy JP, JP coming out from Black Shoe Diaries, a Penn State fan. It's going to be a great time. Pumped about NCAAs. I think we're going to have a phenomenal experience this year. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Hey, strap in because it's about to get freaking real. Oh, yeah. It sounded pretty sweet there. I love it? it. I love it. That sounded awesome. All right. That's all we got. And you know what? Like we always say, don't. You know what? You know what? No. It's Valentine's Day, guys and ladies. Maybe maybe tonight you do wind up on your back. <laughs> Peace out. Happy Valentine's Day.